We are going to be starting a brand new series this morning. The title of the series is A Word from the Wise. We're going to be looking together at basically the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is one of my favorite books. Um, I really enjoy looking at it and studying it because there's a lot of practical things to it. There's a lot of application to it. And I'm really looking forward to kind of getting into this series, kind of getting into um, really what the book of Proverbs says, how we can take it and use it um, in, in our lives. And I'm really looking forward to over the next several weeks looking at this book with you and spending some time in it. But before we really get into it, today is going to be kind of a kind of laying the groundwork, kind of an introduction to the series. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some very interesting things that I'm really excited about sharing. But today, we're going to really just kind of lay the groundwork for the entire series and really look forward to sharing it with you. So we're going to start just right at the beginning, Proverbs 1, starting with verse number 1. This is what it says. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. David's son, king of Israel, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Father, we love you and we do thank you for this time. Father, as we begin looking at this book, Father, I, I, I so appreciate, God, that, that your word is so multifaceted. There's so many things. We can, we can look at the Gospels, or we can look at your letters, or we can look at the history of how this world was created, or we can look at poetry, and we can, we can look at these wisdom sayings and these proverbs. There's so much here that you have given us to help us in this life and to prepare us for the life to come. And so, Father, as we begin as a group, as a family, to kind of dive in here, Father, I pray that we would understand what these Proverbs are, why they are written, why we should use them, and how we can apply them to our lives today. Because the wisdom found, Father, in these things are timeless. These are not things that we can look at and go, well, that was good back then, but it doesn't apply now. Father, if we do that, we are a fool just as Scripture has told us. And so, God, I pray that as we study these things, as we look at these things, that the wise would become wiser, that those that need guidance would receive it, those that are simple would understand more and grow in their, their, their wisdom and in their faith in you. Because the bottom line is, Father, even this book is all about you. So help us as we look at these things together. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If, if I asked you this question, now don't, don't shout them out at me because you'll scare me, but you know, what, what is your favorite modern day parable? What's your favorite like saying? What's the one that you like? What's the one that you, sometimes uh, maybe the one that you annoy your kids with that you say over and over again? Um, some of the ones that I've heard a lot is, is something like, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. 
uh, basically um, a watch pot never boils. I mean, these types of, of, of things that, that we use and say, these kind of short little kind of, we call them proverbs or little wisdom sayings are things that we've kind of kind of allowed to kind of enter into our culture and enter into our, our, the way we talk and the way we understand things and communicate with each other. But as we kind of get into the Proverbs, we're seeing some things a little bit deeper. Yes, they're wisdom sayings. Yes, they're important things. But there's a, there's a difference here. Because a lot of times when we talk about Proverbs, you realize that Proverbs that we use today can kind of contradict each other. You know, like we'll say one that kind of goes against what another one says. Like we'll say something like, many hands make light work. You've heard that before, right? That, that's a good one. I like that one, especially if you're out doing something or need some help. You know, I'll say that. You know, many hands make light work. But then we also say something like this. It's bad to have too many cooks in the kitchen. So even though they're similar... They're kind of different, and they're kind of contradictory to themselves, even though in one you're maybe talking about too many leaders or too many people trying to do their own thing, and, and others are actually kind of serving, but they kind of can kind of bounce off each other slightly. The thing about the Proverbs is as we look at these things, one of the things you need to understand is they're completely and totally uh, in harmony with the rest of the Bible. The things that we're looking at, the things that we're studying here, are things that we can take to understand so much more of Scripture, so much more of who God is, so much more of who God has asked us to be in this life. You see, it's in your notes. There is so much in Proverbs that helps us to apply the entirety of God's Word in our lives. So this is more than just trying to get a little more wisdom, even though, I don't know about you, I, I need more wisdom, I need more discernment, I need more understanding, I need these things in my life, and probably you do too. But the, under, the underlying part of this is to understand that it'll help us to apply so much more to what else Scripture has said. So as we're learning these things, it's not just confined to a book in the Old Testament with 31 chapters. It actually is a tool that we can use throughout Scripture. So as we are studying these things, as we're looking at these things over the next several weeks, I want to remind you of that. I want you to remind you to say, hey, well, Aaron, my, my, my quiet time or my private time right now, I'm in the book of 1 Corinthians. That's great. The things you learn in Proverbs can help you with 1 Corinthians and every other chapter in the Bible. It all works hand in hand. But it's something that is so vital to our world and to our life today that God said, you know what? I'm going to put this in here. I'm going to help my people live well. As it said in Proverbs, the first uh, part of the first chapter, it says basically this. It says, by helping people, the purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. Now here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I look around my world, I look around sometimes at myself, and I'm going, I'm not necessarily living a very successful and a not very disciplined life. When I look at our world, disciplined life is not what I see. I'm seeing something completely different. The issue here is that unfortunately at times we look inside the church and we look at Christians and their lives don't mirror these words in Proverbs. In fact, they mirror the world that we're trying to help come to know Jesus. 
So the Proverbs are a tool. The Proverbs are something that help us. We're going to talk a lot about this idea of wisdom. But before we really kind of get into that, I want you to understand what this word really means. And that way we can help us understand as Solomon are writing these things and some of the other writers of Proverbs write these Proverbs down. We'll understand a little bit more about what they were trying to help us to understand. There is a Hebrew word. This is the only Hebrew word that I'm planning on teaching you in the entirety of the series, so you got to get this one down good, okay? Last series, we talked about the ecclesia, and we talked about that, and the Greek word, but we're in the Old Testament, so now we're in Hebrew. And the word for wisdom in Hebrew is the word chokmah, okay? Chokmah. you got to get a little bit of feeling into it, but not really, but it's chokmah, and it's up there on, your, on the screen. That is actually how you spell it. That's why Hebrew is such a funny language, okay? Chokmah is the word, and it literally means skill for living. Skill for living. So every time in your Bible that you see the word wise or wisdom, it is the meaning of this word chokmah. It is actually given 125 times either wise or wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs. Okay? So it's, it's more than just this idea of I know these little sayings or I, I want to be wise. The idea of Proverbs, the idea when, when Solomon says the purpose is to teach people chokmah and discipline, he's saying I want you to understand I'm giving you skills for living. Skills for for living. It is a way that you can take, and if you will take these tools and apply them, your life will then be better. Your life will be more what God has asked you to live, and your life will be exactly more uh, filled with more wisdom and knowledge and understanding than you had before. So it's this idea of hokma, this idea that I need to learn a skill to live more like what God wanted me to live. And here's what I found. In my life, when I remove the hokma, when I basically try to live my life with my own wisdom and my own skills, things bad happen to me. Not, not good things happen, basically, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm this guy that I, I would love to be Mr. Fix-It, okay? My wife's dad is Mr. Fix-It, okay? It's like anything breaks... He can fix it. You know, he builds houses for a living and he's amazing at that. I am not Mr. Fix-It. I am usually Mr. Identify the problem and call my father-in-law to help me with the fix-it or call Alan and say, help me fix it. And here is why. I don't have the skills to fix it. I don't have the ability to fix it. Now, here's what... I can do as someone who's not good at fixing things. I can get on the phone and I can call Alan or call one of you. I've had Zach help me and all sorts of things. And I say, listen, I, I'm having issues with this. Can you come and help me? And they can say, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would love to come and help. And so they can come. So they come and I say, okay, this, there's an issue here. This is not working. This is broken. And I say, here it is. Thanks for coming. I'm out. And I leave the situation. Now, they are sweet, kind, and awesome enough to fix it, and then they come to me and say, okay, Aaron, it's all fixed. And I say, awesome, thank you so much. And guess how much wisdom I've actually accrued in that moment? Zero, other than the fact that if I need help, I call Alan. 
Okay? This chokmah is something different. What the book of Proverbs is inviting you and me to do is this. The book of Proverbs is acknowledging there are things that are broken in our lives. There are things that are broken in this world. And what Proverbs wants to do, if I can use the kind of illustration I, I just had, is to acknowledge that there are broken things, to call Alan or call my father-in-law or call, call Zach or call someone who has that skill to fix it, and then to walk with them and have them not just fix a problem, but to get the wisdom so now when it breaks the next time, you have the ability to fix it yourself. Do you understand the difference? Proverbs wants you, with God's help, to be able to look at areas of your life and help you to fix it. Help you to be able to have a successful life not by the world's standards, okay? But by God's standards. You see, here's the thing. And this is where we're going to really kind of start today. God has given us a tool to take the wisdom he gives and make it applicable. So how do we use that tool, okay? Like, like here's the point. Like, like I can, you and I are very good at identifying problems, but we're not always good at fixing them. God's tool, his chokmah, his wisdom, his skill for living is here that we can take advantage. But how do we actually use that tool? Well, to help us to use it correctly, we're actually going to use scripture in the New Testament and also scripture in the book of Proverbs to really help us to see that. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So what Paul here is communicating to Timothy is, listen, the book of Proverbs, everything else is God-inspired, it's God-breathed. God is the one who's really the author of these things. Yes, I understand that people wrote them down, but God's spirit infused them, inspired them to write these things down. So all of God's word is God breathed. It's God inspired. We believe that it is true, it is right, and it is necessary to help us to live the life that God wants us to, be, to, to, to have. But with that, knowing that, why is it useful? How is it a tool? Some translations say valuable. How do we use this tool, this God's breathed, God inspired word, to help us grow in hokma and in other areas of our life. Paul tells us, he tells us it's useful. We can use it for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we're going to break down all four of these and look at these a little bit closer to help us to see how we can use this tool. The first one is the idea of teaching. The idea of teaching is way I want to explain, explain that or help you see that is for you to understand teaching is what is right. Okay? Another word for teaching is the word doctrine. Okay? Teaching is understanding what is right. If we don't know what for the right from wrong, how can we be expected to figure out what it is? How can we expect it to live in the way that God wants us to live? And so that's where Paul starts. you got to know what's right. You have to understand what's right. Look at Proverbs 1.7. We've already read it. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge or basically doctrine or basically this idea of what is right. 
but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the book of Proverbs, the Bible in general, it's there to give us that doctrine. It's there. And don't be afraid of that word, even though it sounds very uh, kind of spiritual. It's just basically what's right. It's what the Word says how to live. Unfortunately, for some of us, we don't know how to live because we don't know what God's Word tells us to do in these types of situations. So we have to first start with this idea of teaching. This idea that that we can learn and understand more about what God wants us to do, how He wants us to live, what is right. So first is that idea of teaching. Number two, teaching is easy, and now we're going to get into some harder ones, but very important. The second one that Paul mentions is the idea of rebuke. Now, rebuke is the idea of what is not right, okay? So teaching and doctrine teach us what is right. Rebuke is there to teach us what is not right. Look at Proverbs 9. Proverbs 9, 8 through 9, this is what it says. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Listen, rebuke is not fun, okay? I'm not going to act like it is. Rebuke is not a, a, a fun moment. When, when, when God brings something to my heart or to my life that rebukes me, or when I have to stand and share something that is more of a, of a rebuke to you or to the body, that's not fun, but here's what, here's what Proverbs teach us. Here's what, here's what Scripture teaches us. When we will embrace it, rebuke, we will get wiser. When we take rebuke and basically say, you know, and listen, I'm not saying that we need to go, oh, yay, I'm, I'm excited, this feels great. No, rebuke is usually not fun, okay? But it's so valuable. It's so important. And listen, here's the thing. It's not easy on the person that has to give the rebuke, and it isn't easy on the person who has to receive the rebuke. But the value of that rebuke can be so powerful and so important that it, it would be good for us to be willing to share that. Now listen, there, there needs to be some understanding here, okay? Okay? When we see this idea of rebuke, there usually needs to be some type of relationship that is, comes from this. There needs to be some love. Unfortunately, and there, there's times where I see rebuke given by people who have absolutely no concern for the person that they're rebuking. And that really when they're rebuking them, they're doing it so they build themselves up spiritually to make themselves feel spiritually superior. And it's not about the person that is actually needing the rebuke. So you have to be able to check your heart. You have to be willing to say, listen, am I doing this rebuke for me or for the person who really needs it? But here's the thing we really need to understand, and it's in your notes. A person that walks in wisdom will always, always invite rebuke because they know it makes them wiser still. Listen, when we look at the book of Proverbs, okay, I'm just going to tell you this now. Okay? The book of Proverbs is, is not really warm and fuzzy sometimes. Sometimes the book of Proverbs does this. It's rebuke. And sometimes, honestly, it, it kind of seems a little harsh. But a wise person, a person that is wise, 
will invite that because they know it produces more wisdom in them. Is it easy? No. Is it vital? Yes. If you want to grow, rebuke has to be a part of that. So first we looked at teaching, rebuke, Again, another then that's not always easy. Number three is correction. Correction is how to get right. Okay? So we started with basically what is right. We looked about, okay, rebuke is what is wrong. And now that we kind of are experiencing that, now what do we need to figure out is how to get right, how to correct where we're going. How many of you have been in your car and you've been driving and you're, you got the, the GPS either on your phone or on the, the head unit or whatever, and you're driving and you're going along and you're supposed to get to wherever you're going and you take a wrong turn, okay? What does that usually, that, that thing usually says something like recalculating or, or something like that. That's what correction is. It's a recalculation. You're going down one way and basically you have taken a wrong turn and now we want to get you back to where you need to be. Unfortunately, sometimes when we talk about this idea of having a heart for rebuke and knowing how to handle that the right way, we're really good sometimes at giving rebuke, but we don't always know how to give good correction. We don't always know how to correct the direction that people are going. And so we need God's word to help us to see that. Look at Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, starting with verse number one, it says this, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. There you go. Stupid. You know, I know some of the translations say simple. Guess what? It's the same idea. People that hate correction are stupid, okay? Meaning this, okay? <laughs> Meaning this. Let's go back to that concept of driving down the road in our car, okay? You want to get to Jason's Deli this afternoon. Why? Because you want to hang out with, with, with uh, your family and you want, and let's be honest, you want some ice cream. It's hot today, okay? So you put in to your GPS unit, I want to go to Jason's Deli. And so you get out the car, please turn right, and all that sort of, you know, annoying things that happen. So you get going there, and basically it tells you, turn right. And you go, you know what? Nah, I think I know where I'm going. And you turn left. And then you hear the recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Please you turn. Nah. I don't think I want a U-turn. You know, the mountains look so nice. I think I'll drive that way. I'm sure eventually I'll get to Jason's Deli. And you just keep doing your own thing. Listen, if your goal is to get to Jason's Deli, what you've done is stupid. There's no other way to put it. If you will not listen to correction, again, that concept of how to get right, basically Solomon just says you're, you're kind of dumb. You're kind of dumb. Here's the thing. We have a hard time with this because we really misunderstand the purpose of correction. We look at it in a different way. I wrote this down because I wanted you to get it because I think sometimes we see it this way and when we do, we kind of act dumb, not because we're trying to, but because we misunderstand what correction is really about. Listen, it's in your notes. Correction is not punishment, okay? Do you understand that? Correction is not punishment. We should love discipline and correction because of what it produces in our lives. A lot of times we don't like correction because we feel like it's punishment. That is not 
biblical correction, folks. Okay? Biblical correction is course adjustment. It's acknowledging, listen, there's an issue, there's a problem. How do I make the problem right? Really, in a lot of ways, Scripture and the Bible as a whole, when you think about it, it really is this teaching, and we're going to get into it a little bit more, but, but it's, it's understanding that we're 